Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I am Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me on this Wednesday, hump day, middle of the week. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to follow me on social media. My Instagram account is at Monica Crowley underscore. That's at Monica Crowley underscore. Go there. Follow me for news about this show, photos, clips, you name it. Also on Twitter and Truth Social at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email about this show. The email address is Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. That's Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Getting a ton of your emails. I read them all, so keep them coming. Okay, today I want to deal with the latest on how the swamp is fighting back, plus the hair sniffing invalids trip to Buffalo yesterday. You know, it's really nice that literally no one pays attention to Biden anymore. Literally no one. Not his White House aides, as we saw when he was meandering around the stage and everybody was flocking to Obama and he was standing there by himself. Nobody even in his own White House pays attention. World leaders don't pay attention. They don't even return his calls. Voters don't pay attention. Not even his wife pays attention to him. So when he speaks, no one cares. That's the only upside to what he did this week in Buffalo. We're going to get into it. Also today, very, very important topic. The antidote to the communist revolution going on in our country right now 
is to get involved locally. The communists have been taking control at the local level for decades now. Mayor's offices, city councils, school boards, places of worship. They've infiltrated all of these places. They have implanted their radicals and they have been destroying our country from the inside. How we fight back matters. And we have to fight back on the ground level where they grabbed control and are doing the most damage. So today we are going to talk to two moms, one in Florida and one in California, who are standing up and fighting back for their kids and their kids' future. And in fact, the future of the entire country for all of us. You do not want to miss this. This is one of the most important interviews I have done, certainly on this show, but maybe ever. Because we always talk a good game about getting involved locally and what can we do and solutions. These two moms with very busy lives are actually doing it. They're giving up so much. They are sacrificing for their kids and for their communities and for the rest of us, for America. So you want to stay tuned for that. All of that and another edition of How Deep is the Swamp? I'll tell you really, really deep. And Elon Musk voting Republican for the first time. We got so much. So sit tight. First up though, the Monica memo. Yesterday, five states held primaries, but the most watched one was Pennsylvania, where there were three GOP candidates vying for the Republican nomination for Senate. There were other candidates as well, but we had the top three, uh, Dr. Oz, Dave McCormick, and Kathy Barnett. President Trump endorsed Dr. Oz, which was a controversial pick because in the past, Oz has been pro-choice, pro-gun control, supportive of trans surgeries for kids, and 20 years on television, never espoused a conservative point of view at all. So he was very controversial. The other two at the top were Dave McCormick, who's a former Wall Street guy, uh, very plugged in, but also very conservative, and Kathy Burnett, an African-American woman who seemed to come out of nowhere, espousing an America first agenda, and she really grabbed a lot of people uh, with her personal story, which was really riveting. So Barnett tried to create a lane for herself uh, and she did. She had a late, uh, late in the race surge, but it wasn't enough last night. So she's down to McCormick by something like 75,000 votes. So she's not going to make it, but she will not concede. And she says that she will not support either of the other two, whoever is the nominee. She said, I'm not interested in globalists. I'm not going to support. So that's her position. So it's now coming down to Dave McCormick and Dr. Oz. It was a real nail-biter. It remains a nail-biter. I was on uh, Fox News last night with Laura Ingram as the results were coming in, and we were looking at each other on the set like, what is going to happen? We thought that we would have a result that we could announce and then analyze, but we didn't, and we still don't. So that race... Oz is now ahead, but there's well over 100,000 mail-in ballots that still need to be counted, and the whole race is going to automatically go to a recount under Pennsylvania law. If the margin is 0.5% or less, it automatically goes to a recount. So we've got that ahead of us. It's not going to be resolved for a while. But the other thing about this, guys, is that there were irregularities in certain counties in Pennsylvania, 
not in Philadelphia like the last time, but there were irregularities out there, including with the mail-in ballots, um, at least in one county, maybe in others as well. There was a problem with the ID number on the mail-in ballots, so they can't be counted. At least not yet. They got to figure out how to fix this. Mail-in ballots, guys, I mean, here we go again. How could we have not fixed this yet? And I blame the state Republican parties in Pennsylvania and elsewhere where we're still seeing these kinds of issues. Come on, man. And I blame the RNC as well. Oh, we're all over it. We won't let a 2020 happen again. Nonsense. They, I don't think they've fixed much at all. We have had some state legislatures uh, pass laws to prevent like Mark Zuckerberg's Zuckbucks coming back in, doing the kinds of shenanigans that we saw last time to rig this. Uh, we've got Dinesh D'Souza's movie, 2000 Mules, about vote trafficking. We had him on the show for a lengthy interview. We, we've got some movement on that score, but in terms of mail-in ballots, which I don't think are going anywhere, I mean, they're already, Fauci and the rest are out there going, oh, we're going to have another surge in the fall, 100 million people infected. Well, they're already setting up the midterm variant so that they can continue to do these mail-in ballots. But even yesterday in Pennsylvania, where we saw so many issues last time in 2020, I mean, the whole, not the whole thing, the whole thing hung on both Pennsylvania and Georgia, really. I, I, God knows what's happening in Georgia. Their primary is next week. Are we going to see the same kinds of issues and the same kinds of hanging elections because of mail-in balloting and all kinds of problems? Come on, guys. We're the United States of America in the 21st century. We can't do this. European countries get it. The the results might not be right to our liking, right? They keep electing uh, people like Macron and so on. But at least they get their election results on election night. Here we are hanging out like some low-life third-world country where we can't even get this right. Come on. And I do blame the state Republican parties, and I blame the RNC. Come on. The other aspect of this is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is kingmaker. He's got a superb track record. I think he only has lost two or three races out of over 75 where he's endorsed. Um, And last night he lost, there was one governor's race, I believe in Idaho, he lost that, Madison Cawthorn in uh, North Carolina, he lost his race. And then I think there was one other that Trump has lost in terms of endorsements, but so far it's a pretty superb track record. So he is definitely the kingmaker. And the Republican Party, there's no doubt about this, this is his party. Trump has near total control. But it is also about something else. It's about the America First, Make America Great Again movement that Trump started and continues to lead. The really good news here is that the America First movement is vibrant, robust, and healthy. That's what you're seeing in the Pennsylvania race where MAGA world was really split between Oz whom Trump endorsed, and Dave McCormick, who had advisors like Kellyanne Conway and Hope Hicks, who were top advisors to President Trump, right? And then he had the support of Mike Pompeo, Trump's Secretary of State, and some others. So there was a real split. I think that's healthy. 
I think that's a good thing to have these kinds of policy fights and even personality fights within the America First movement because that's how we're going to survive. That's how we're going to thrive, to have these kinds of competitive races between two people who espouse the America First movement and then let the voters decide because the voters are going to be the ones to drive the America First movement first. And what all of this tells me is that it will survive long after Trump leaves the political scene. And really, that's one of his biggest and most important legacies. He has changed the Republican Party. He has changed the Republican base and what we expect of our candidates. He has changed American politics. And he has changed the country in the process, all for the better. Never again are we going to reach for a Jeb Bush or a John McCain or a Mitt Romney. Those days are over. At least at the presidential level, that is never happening again. And that is Donald Trump's legacy. So whether he runs again or not, and we don't know yet, I'm sure the decision is going to come before the end of the year or by the end of the year, Um, but his legacy here is changing the whole dynamic of the Republican Party and what the Republican base expects and wants and demands in candidates. We realized we could do a hell of a lot better than Mitt Romney when Donald Trump came on the scene, and we did. So this, this whole race is... It's going to be fascinating to watch. And again, next Tuesday, we've got the Georgia primary where Trump is also on the line because he has really been on a tear against Governor uh, Kemp. Uh, So he has endorsed his challenger, David Perdue. Uh, It looks like Kemp is leading by a substantial amount, so he could pull that out. And that could be another L for Trump. Uh, But we will watch. And Georgia, like Pennsylvania, a big hotbed of election shenanigans over there. And on the Democratic side in Georgia, Stacey Abrams running for her party's nomination. And we got to see how that uh, wings out. But before we take a quick break, Elon Musk, who is really doing a quite remarkable job of trolling the company that he intends to buy, Twitter, It has been something to behold just to watch all of this unfold, right? I mean, Elon Musk exposing all of America's great pretenders, from Joe Biden to big tech, including Twitter, this has been the feel-good story of the year, hasn't it? The other feel-good story of the year is Elon Musk yesterday, or the day before, on another podcast, maybe we should try to get him on this one, talking about how Throughout his whole life, he voted Democrat, and he was a devoted Democrat. And he said, historically, I I can't even remember if I ever voted Republican. And he said, next time I'm going to vote Republican. Well, I don't know if he means November or if he means 24 or both, but either way, we will take him because every vote counts. Let's just hope he doesn't do it by mail-in balloting. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how deep is the swamp, Really, really deep. I got the latest for you coming straight up. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. 
Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, today I saw a story that more people are riveted by the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial than anything else going on in America. I guess the other news, skyrocketing inflation and gas prices. Gas prices, by the way, this week hit an all-time high, over $4.50 a gallon, the national average, all-time high. So uh, most of America is in the $4.450 range. Western states are over five bucks. California is now over six bucks a gallon. So all of this news coming at us is incredibly depressing. And I guess a lot of people are reaching for this wild escapism in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard craziness in that trial. But there is another trial going on that answers the question, how deep is the swamp? Well, it's really, really deep. On Monday, I told you that the judge in the Michael Sussman trial, the first case brought to trial by special counsel John Durham, that the judge is married to Lisa Page's lawyer. Lisa Page of Peter Strzok lover infamy. And they're all chummy with Eric Holder, etc., etc. I brought all of this to you on Monday. Now, get this. That same swamp judge appointed by Barack Obama has allowed as many as three Hillary Clinton donors among the prospective jurors for the trial. You cannot make this up. John Durham's team objected to putting one Clinton contributor on the jury after the man said he would strive, quote, strive for impartiality as best I can. But the prosecution was overruled by Judge Christopher Cooper, who said the man who works in public policy for Amazon, (laughs) quote, expressed a high degree of confidence that he could be impartial. OMG, you guys. I mean, keep in mind, you guys, that this trial is taking place in Washington, D.C. In 2016, D.C. voters favored Hillary over Trump 91% to 4%. And Democrats in D.C. now outnumber Republicans 76 to 5%. But wait, there's more swamp goodness. At least one person who donated to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is among the prospective jurors for the trial. 
She also donated to Hillary and said she had donated to AOC uh, as well. But she was put on the panel after a Sussman defense lawyer told her that neither Clinton nor Trump were on trial and asked if she could be impartial. She replied, yes, knowing that. Oh, sure, sure. Sure. No worries, guys. Another woman said she likely donated to Clinton's 2016 campaign, but was not entirely sure. Not sure how you forget that, but there it is. Although the woman told the prosecutor that she had, quote, a strong preference for one candidate over the other in the election, she insisted that she could be impartial. Again, sure. Sure. Another prospective juror, said that her husband worked for Clinton's 2008 presidential campaign, worked on Rodham's campaign in 08, but was allowed to remain on the panel after saying it would not affect her ability to be impartial. Again, sure, sure. Yet another prospective juror who works for the Sierra Club Uh, was questioned by the prosecutor about saying on a pre-screening questionnaire that she thought the criminal justice system was racist and, quote, the police should be defunded. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, laugh, cry, both. This is how deep the swamp is and how biased this potential jury is. They're all saying that they can be impartial and maybe they can and maybe they will be and I certainly hope so. But given how polarized and political and emotional everything is, I doubt it. So lower your expectations here that Sussman and all of the Russia hoaxers from Obama to Hillary to Biden, Comey, Brennan, Clapper on down, will ever be held accountable because they won't. And that will just reinforce how unfair the justice system really is and probably help to propel Donald Trump back into the presidency or Ron DeSantis if Trump doesn't run. So I guess there's a silver lining to the fact that the Russia hoaxers are likely to get away with all of it. No wonder everybody is watching the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial instead. This is also corrupt. We need this kind of escapism, don't we? I mean, I guess. By the way, I now think that those two, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, are both nuts. But she's crazier than he is. And they both may prosper after this. I thought maybe they would both be ruined because this is sort of a mutually assured destruction Right? The two of them are tearing each other apart up there. But now I think they're both coming out more fascinating to the public than before. Our culture tends to reward bad behavior, unless it's coming from a Republican, in which case you're going to jail or canceled or both forever. All right, guys, when we come back, we've got a phenomenal interview, one of the most important ones I've ever done, with two moms who are stepping up in their own communities in Florida and California to run for school board because they are so outraged by what's going on in our schools and how their kids, all of our kids, are being indoctrinated. They are really citizen leaders and they're extraordinary women. So please sit tight for that. It is a dynamite conversation that we're going to have. So you're not going to want to miss it. But before we hit this quick break, I want to take a moment to welcome a new sponsor, Birch Gold. 
You hear me talk about the weakening economy and skyrocketing inflation, which will get worse before it gets better. Have you considered what could happen in the stock market if our economy truly stalls out? Don't wait until that happens. Hedge against it with gold from Birch Gold. You know, throughout history, gold has maintained its value better than any other investment in the world. So text MONICA to 989-898 for a free zero-obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Again, text MONICA to 989-898 and secure the gains you've made while you can. More coming up on the Monica Crowley Podcast. Sit tight. Well, as we talk a lot about this on this show, if the battles for our communities are to be won, and if the battle for our country is to be won, we need to be fighting the leftists at the ground level locally. And we talk about this a lot on this program because that's where the left's power base is. And that's where it grows and metastasizes, not just in the present moment, but in the future, because they are targeting our kids. They are targeting future generations. So we've got to counter it where they are planting the seeds. Joining me now are two women, moms, who have impressed me so much by doing just that, by being willing to step up and run for their local school boards to try to put an end to the indoctrination of their children and all of our children. Kira Davis is a deputy managing editor at redstate.com. She's also the host of the podcast, Just Listen to Yourself, which is fantastic. You see her on Fox News now and again. And she is also a candidate for school board in California. God bless her. On Twitter, her campaign, you can find it at uh, Kira for School Board. Again, K-I-R-A for School Board on Twitter. The other mom I want to introduce is also a good friend of mine, Angelique Contreras. Angelique is a mom of three. She is a proud Cuban-American who is running for school board in Florida. And on Twitter, you can find her campaign at Vote. Contreras. Ladies, welcome. It's so good to have you with me today. Thank you, Monica. It's amazing to be here. Well, it's great to have you. Of course, it's great to have you both. And I know you're both busy, accomplished women. So what made you decide to step up and run for school board? Kira, let's begin with you. Um, well, first of all, I, I just want to make sure that everybody goes to the right um, account on Twitter. I'm at Real Kira Davis, but my school board campaign mainly lives on Instagram at Kira for School Board. But if you just follow me at Real Kira Davis on Twitter, you'll find all that information there. Um, I live in Southern California, and I live in a cozy suburb, a cozy middle class suburb in Orange County. And as I've been working on my career over the last 12 years and covering national politics, I kind of wasn't paying attention to what was going on in my own backyard. And I thought, well, my neighbors are good people. I live in a fairly conservative area. Like they got this. And then over the last two years, for obvious reasons, I've had a lot of opportunity to um, really peruse over what my board is doing. And I realized, wow, they're not representing me the way I thought they were. And I was shocked to find out 
how many progressives were sitting on my school board that I just wasn't paying attention. And I realized that I had made a, a grave error. And so uh, in March, my representative voted to extend the mask mandate on our children. And then she promptly resigned before we could start the recall. And I thought, you know what? I've had enough. And I tell my listeners and I tell my readers all the time, you have to be willing to get in the game. You have to be willing to make yourself uncomfortable. There's no easy solution to what this country is going through right now. It's going to have to start with you. I say it all the time. So I thought, you know what? It's time for me to put my money where my mouth is and my time and step up. So I decided to run because I want to make sure as a parent, I have a freshman in high school. I have a son who just went off to college. I, and he had the misfortune of being a 2020 grad. So he really got that year ripped away from him. And I thought, I, I never want this to happen again. I need to make sure that this never happens again. Besides all of the other ridiculousness that is coming at our schools through CRT curriculum, social emotional learning, um, transgender agendas that have had a, a really negative effect, especially on our girls. I thought it, it, it's time. There's no cavalry coming to save us. That, that's it. I got to get in. That's so it. That's why I chose to run. Well, thank you so much, Kira. And it is a big sacrifice to give up big chunks of your life when you're so busy and doing so many other things to step up and do this. And this is why I appreciate you both. Uh, Kira, thank you for that. And Angelique, what got you in the, in the race in, down in Florida? Uh, well, Monica, again, I want to say thank you so much for giving us a platform to be able to share our experiences and our, our reasons why we're running for school board. Uh, like Kira had stated, you know, these are one of the most important elections that we have coming up this year. And the reason why I got involved in this was back in May of uh, 2021, there was an equity statement that was crafted by the Palm Beach County School Board that stated they were going to dismantle school structures in white advantage. And I showed up at that school board meeting and I sat back and, you know, honestly, Monica, it was God who spoke to me and said, this is the time and you are going to step up and you're going to take the sword and you are going to defend, you know, your country and my nation. And um, I actually for months fought back against it because like Kira has stated, for many years as parents, we thought that, uh, you know, we couldn't have this kind of corruption. And, you know, we were working and doing everything that we could to provide for our families. We didn't realize that there was the things happening in our school district. And I really believe that 2020 allowed us to open our eyes up to the things that were happening in our government and our mask mandates from our local government to our school boards, and even more to the fact now that they're trying to divide our children by race and by gender. And, you know, my family, Monica, I say this time and time again, lost everything to communism in Cuba. And I'm sad to say that our great America is heading in that same direction. So with that, you know, passion and understanding of, you know, losing it all from my previous generations, that is why I stepped up and, you know, listened to the call from God to do this, Will. And um, it's been an amazing ride. And I know that there's ups and, ri ups and downs, but, you know, who better 
And what better time than right now, Monica? Angelique, thank you for that as well. Um, both you and Kira with your testimony about how you got to this place where, you know, you're both living very busy lives and you're both so uh, accomplished doing so many things, not least of all raising your kids. But I love both of your stories. And that's why I wanted to have you on today, because, you know, we've heard on the news that the pandemic, if there's any silver lining to this, that the pandemic really alerted parents to what was going on in their kids' schools, that families were in lockdown together. Parents finally saw day to day what their kids were being taught, and they were appalled. And and it drove so many of you um, to really step up and do this. So let me ask you this, and Kira, I'll, I'll start with you on this question. Both of you have mentioned CRT that these schools are teaching hate, they're uh, teaching gender identity at a very young age, the sexualization of our kids, and even America as an unworthy actor in the world. What's been the most outrageous stuff, Kira, that you have seen or heard about? Well, um, in my district, we are dealing with uh, curriculum, so new uh, approved books, on sexual identity and gender. I was reading through some of the books recently or or descriptions of some of the books that they wanted to approve for our high school. And they were pornographic. There's no, and I'm I'm no prude. I'm no prude, (laughs) but they were absolutely pornographic to the point where they were describing um, blowjobs by, you know, teenage boys on grown men. Um, describing the sexual awakenings of of young women, young girls, as young as 13, 14. And all of that stuff comes into our curriculum under the guise of social emotional learning. And that's been shocking to me. One of the stories I covered, I don't know if you you covered it, Monica, during this last year, but I know that um, quite a few reporters have covered it and we covered it over at Red State where that's my day job. Um, there was a mother in Atlanta, a black mother like me, who has concerns for her child's education, just like I do, just like every other mother out there. She wanted her child in in elementary school to be moved to a different classroom. She thought that the teacher would do better in that classroom. And the school, the principal contacted her and said, oh, your child can't be in that classroom. That's the white classroom. And we don't have any more black teachers for your child. That's how the mother found out that this Atlanta school was separating the classrooms by race and Mm -hmm. the teachers by race. Mm -hmm. This is what critical race theory is bringing us. My ancestors would be rolling over in their graves right now to discover that we are actually voluntarily segregating our children now and under the guise of equality. It's just insane. So as a black mother, I cannot... I cannot get on board with any kind of agenda that suggests that children are more or less worthy than my own because of their race. I would never accept someone coming into my child's classroom and telling her that she is less than, that she is unworthy, or that she has to bear the burden of all of history because of the color of her skin. I would never tolerate that. So I surely won't tolerate that for anyone else's child. The critical race theory for me was the was the hot button issue. I mean, the rest of it, the closures and the vaccines and the mandates, all of that is alarming to me. But critical race theory was really what made me perk up my ears and go, this is too much because it goes against everything I know as a Christian, 
It goes against everything I know as an American, and it goes against everything that I've taught my child as a Black woman raising a Black family in modern America. This is not the America that I have raised my children to live in or that I want my children to live in, and I sure as hell am not going to put up with this at school. Amen. Amen, Kira. And this is why I wanted to have you both on together, because Kira, you are a Black mom, and Angelique, you're a Latina mom, you're Cuban-American, and there are so many minority parents who are saying a enough. We do not want our kids indoctrinated with this kind of hate. Angelique, um, and I want both of you to answer this question because I think it's a really important one because I'm hearing how horrifying it is from friends of mine like you and others, parents, that they are horrified to feel like they're, they've lost control over how their kids are being taught, how they think, how they view other people. So my question, Angelique, to you, and then Kira, I'd like you to answer this as well. Have have you noticed a difference in your kids and how they relate to their peers and to other adults as well? Like, are, are you noticing that the indoctrination is working and that they're no longer looking at American society through colorblind eyes? Angelique, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, the fortunate thing for me, Monica, was in 2020 when they wanted to impose mask mandates and when there was National Hispanic Month and we were doing online learning, uh, they wanted to teach my daughter about Che Guevara and tell, you know, the class that he was someone. And obviously, um, you know, coming from our background, from our family, that was not the best lesson for me to see be taught to my daughter. So I made the decision with my husband to pull my oldest out of the public school system. So for the, you know, the past two years, we've been able to have open table conversations with my oldest and with my youngest. And, you know, they see it from the lens that we were raised with in America, that we all have equal values and that, you know, we should be kind to everyone and loving and accepting and appreciative of everyone. And we have that opportunity in America to do so. But I could tell you, Monica, there are stories of countless families that are having their children, you know, go off into high school and go off to college and come back with a different worldview because the institutions have been robbed by the Marxist ideology. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And we've seen it time and time again here in Palm Beach County, when parents have gone and advocated for their children against curriculum that is against the value family values. They have been arrested. They have been told that they are not allowed on school properties to advocate for their children. We are seeing this across our nation. We are seeing the demise of the nuclear family, that they are taking away our authority and our rights to raise our children, to put and promote into them our family values and morals. And it's unfortunate that, you know, we now are seeing so much of this go across our nation, but I am you know, blessed to have that opportunity, but many families don't have that, Monica. And that's why I believe Kira and myself have stepped up to run and change the direction of our nation, because if we do not do it now, we will lose everything. Yes, uh, 1000%. And this is why communists throughout history have gone after kids as young as possible, because once they grab the kids young, that's the end of the story. And they, they believe that they have them for life, and they usually do. Um, Kira, can you address that question about uh, once you became aware of this, did you notice that your children were changing as a result of this indoctrination? I noticed, yeah, that they have a lot of differing opinions from myself. Now, my husband and I are committed Christians, and we've always raised 
our children in a home of faith and within the church. And so the message of the church is that, you know, we are all created in God's image. And so I've always had that backup behind me. But yeah, I have a lot of arguments now that they're older, especially, and they can talk back to me. We have a lot of arguments <laughs> about issues. Like I, I remember I was on a Zoom call for my uh, son's college last year before uh, he was getting ready to finally go off. He didn't even get to go to his freshman year because they kept his college closed. Um, I was on a Zoom call with parents and the the director of the call said, parents, please introduce yourself and tell us your pronouns. And my son was like, I mean, before I could even like start to scream at the screen, he was like, mom, just be quiet. <laughs> just be quiet. Just do it. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. This is ridiculous. But for him, that was normal. So we are battling this sense of normalcy for the kids. I wouldn't I thankfully have not had to deal with kids who have shifted too radically to the left, but they definitely get their talking points from TikTok and from the classroom. And I did have to have a talk with my daughter one day when we were um, talking about the, the vaccines and she wanted me to let her get vaccinated, not because she was worried about her health, but because she was getting so much pressure at school and she felt like she was the bad guy for not having a vaccine. And she felt like, cause she knows what I do for a living. She felt like my thoughts on it were only tied to politics. And she thought that was, that was unfair. And we, we were driving, I'll never forget. And I stopped the car and I said, honey, why don't you believe mom? Why do you believe all of these other people that don't really know you, that don't love you the way that I love you, that haven't raised you from the time you were an infant why do you want to believe them, but you don't want to believe me when I tell you that I know this is the right thing? And, and she said, you know, I didn't think about it that way, mom. And I think a lot of parents need to be asking their, their kids that question. Instead of, you know, getting frustrated with your child, and I know it's frustrating because A, they're thinking thoughts that are like not true, but B, they're teenagers and they think they know everything. <laughs> and I, so I know it's easy to get frustrated with, with them, but I encourage every parent to ask their child who's sort of pushing back on them. Why don't you believe me? Yes. Why do you believe other people? Yes. And I'll say this, I'll close with this, Monica. Again, uh, just to bring it back to my faith, because this is a big part of my life. Pray for your kids, pray for them. I pray for my children every day. My son is off at a progressive college. That's where I wanted to go decision he makes he pays for most of his own education but I pray for his mind and his heart every single day so don't count yourself out you know just because you might not be able to run for school board like me and Angelique are get on you know get on the floor and pray for your kids every day yes and I'm so glad that both of you have raised God in this conversation and your faith in this conversation because we cannot do this without him. And both of you were on board. You're both minority parents, but you love this country and you love your children. And Kara, I love that you laid out that very simple but profound question to your children. Why don't you listen to me? <laughs> why, don't, why, aren't, why don't you believe me rather than all the propaganda coming from strangers who do not have your interests at heart? Okay, Angelique, tell us, when is your race and how can we help? 
Um, so our election in Florida, Monica, is during the primary. So August 23rd, 2022 um, is our election right now. If you want to support me, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Angelique Contreras, that's C-O-N-T-R-E-R-A-S. You can find me on my website, that's Vote Contreras, that's V-O-T-E. C-O-N-T-R-E-R-A-S. And like Kira said, prayer does wonders in our nation. So we just ask for your prayers over our campaigns because we are up against some forces that are evil and are wanting to destroy our nation and our family values. And that is what I ask for from all of your listeners. And again, Monica, so much um, thanks to you for having us on today. Well, of course, no, it's my pleasure, Angelique. Thank you for that. And yes, you do have our prayers. And Kira, you do too. So Kira, when is your race and how can we help you? Well, first of all, Angelique, uh, best of luck to you out there. And I just uh, pray for your for your victory. And thank you so much for running. Thank you for doing this because it's not easy. Um, and I think the, the part that really shocked me the most was, as Angelique was alluding to all the pushback, some of it is downright evil. Um, but this is how badly they want our kids. They will throw everything at this. So I am running, my race is not till November. That's because mine happens to be a special election because my representative quit halfway through her term. So uh, my election will be up during the generals in November. And to learn more about that and how you can help me, you can follow me on Twitter at Real Kira Davis, on Instagram at KiraForSchoolBoard.org, or head to my website, KiraForSchoolBoard.org, and support me. I have to raise... I can't believe I have to say this. I have to raise $100,000 for this little quiet suburban race. It's unbelievable. That is is what the unions are putting up against just a mom, just the moms who are running, just the parents who are. So it's just insane to me that we're at this point, but that's where I'm at. I fully intend to win. um, And I fully intend to, to be a part of this of this movement that's sweeping across the country. It started with Loudoun County parents, but it's not ending there. I want to see it go coast to coast. This isn't just an election cycle. This is a revolution. And Monica, thank you so much for paying attention to what we're doing. Like, I just can't thank you enough for that because it's, it's hard out here in these streets. <laughs> I know. I know. And both of you are so courageous to put yourselves, your families, your reputations, your name on the line. I always say there's no greater gutsier move than to run for public office. I don't care if you're running for president or you're running for school board, putting your name out there and asking for the judgment of your community um, takes real courage. So my hat is off to both of you. I want to thank you both for being here today and telling the nation your stories uh, and for stepping up to do this, for caring enough about your kids and the kids in your community and the future of the country to run in these school board elections. We are praying for you. We are supporting you and we'll check back in with you as we get closer to your races. I wish you both the best of luck. God bless you and go get them. Thanks so much, guys.
All right. Wasn't that a phenomenal interview with those two moms, Kira Davis and Angelique Contreras? I'm telling you, one of the most important conversations that we'll have on this podcast, because it all begins at the local level. And I encourage all of you to get involved locally with your communities, however you can. Donate to candidates, run for school board, run for town council, city council. Do whatever you can to make a difference at the local level because that's the only way we're really going to make change here. All right, let's dip into the email bag and keep those emails coming. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Jan writes, enjoy seeing you on O'Reilly's site and we'll try to catch your new podcast. Well, Jan, thank you very much. I hope you are listening to this podcast. And Jan is referring to Bill O'Reilly. I will be actually continuing to do this podcast next week and hosting for Bill on his show next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So if you listen to us and watch him, you'll be able to see me both times next week. Neil writes, hi, Monica. Thank you for putting up the good fight. I listen to you every day at work and you inspire courage. Well, thank you. I also like the heavier music. The first tune you used sounded like something you would hear in a work training video. (laughs) Keep rocking, sassy warrior. Thank you so much, Neil. Well, I really appreciate the note, Neil, very much, and I'm glad you like the new music. Jeffrey writes, hi, Monica, podcast, two thumbs up. Then he asks, what are Republicans doing about the cheating that went on November 4th, early in the morning. Well, Jeffrey, good question. As we can see from Pennsylvania last night, problems still abound. We discussed this at the top of the show today. These problems remain, particularly around mail-in balloting, which you know that the Democrats are going to find some kind of pretext, whether it's another COVID surge, you name it, in order to keep the mail-in balloting going so that they can do the vote trafficking that Dinesh D'Souza and True the Vote has exposed in 2,000 mules, whether they can do all kinds of rigging with this stuff in the middle of the night. I am not confident, Jeffrey, as I said at the top, that the Republicans are on top of this and have really remedied a lot of these problems. I think some have been remedied, but not all. And as I continue to say, you know, the Democrats have been working on election fraud for decades, at least since 1960, maybe since the beginning of of the Republic. So they have it down to an art and a science. They've made it high tech now. And I think the Republicans remain very far behind. So it's up to all of us to keep the pressure on not just our elected representatives for this, but wherever you can, locally and so on. Again, it comes down to local because guess what? All of these mail-in ballots are counted locally. All of your votes are counted locally where you vote, in your district, in your state. So again, this is why this conversation with the two moms today was so important. All politics is local. Thank you, Jan, Neil, and Jeffrey for those emails. Keep them coming. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com and on social media. Find me on Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore and on Twitter and Truth Social at Monica Crowley. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you right back here on Friday.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.